Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Monday, June 20th, and our podcast today joins people across the country in observing Juneteenth, the second year it's been recognized as a federal holiday. Coming up, after years in food service and hospitality, one African-American chef from Kansas City realized the role models in her industry just weren't resonating. If I'm going to get to where I want to be in my career, then I'm going to have to chart my own path. Hear how Chef Shanita McAfee Bryant is creating a new community around food in the 18th and Vine District. But first, 75 years ago this week, a Kansas City jazz singer known for pioneering a specific type of blues recorded her first big hit. There's a lot more, though, to the story than just lyrical wordplay. From the KCUR Studios podcast, A People's History of Kansas City, Mackenzie Martin has the story of Julia Lee. Growing up, Julian Duncan knew his grandmother, Julia Lee, had been a famous jazz and blues singer in Kansas City, Missouri. But he didn't know the specifics. She passed away right before he was born, and he had never heard any of her music. Then, when he was 40, he came across a collection of her albums in family storage and finally listened. Grab it in the night, grab it in the day, grab it right now, it'll get away, you better snatch and grab it. This was his first reaction. Excellent, excellent singer. But it was quickly followed by this one. Her music was a little dirty, and that kind of surprised me. Grab it in the east, grab it in the west, grab it in the place where you hold it best, you better snatch and grab it. Snatch and Grab It, recorded by Julia Lee and her boyfriends, was deemed too risque to be played on the radio in 1947. But it still rocketed to number one on the U.S. Billboard R&B chart, where it sat for 12 weeks. Our song uh, Snatch and Grab It sold over half a million copies without any airplay because people fed quarters in the jukebox and played it. That's Kansas City jazz historian Chuck Haddix. He says starting in the 1920s, when many jazz clubs served exclusively white audiences, Julia Lee, who is black, was one of a number of women known for recording this style of blues, a list that includes iconic singer Bessie Smith. Come and see me, baby. Please don't come too soon. Come and see me, baby. But please don't come too soon. And it's not what we think of today, like, leave nothing to the imagination. It was double entendre. Lee also sang soulful ballads and was a very versatile pianist. But those songs didn't sell as well as, say, King Size Papa, which Lee once sang at the White House for President Harry Truman. I got a man that's more than eight foot tall, four foot shoulders, and that ain't all King Size Papa. She was one of a number of women who were asserting themselves musically and socially when that was not socially acceptable. While many of the jazz musicians Julia Lee came up with were touring and moving to the coasts, she remained a mainstay in local Kansas City jazz clubs, partly because she hated traveling, but also because she liked it here. She was Kansas City's most popular entertainer through the 1920s up until her passing in 1958. And she sang so well with such heart. This is the voice of Dave Dexter Jr., who produced Lee's records for the Capitol label in Los Angeles after growing up hearing her perform in Kansas City clubs. 
He told Chuck Haddix in 1989 that he was convinced if he had been able to get Lee on record sooner, she would have been one of the most popular singers in America, which is saying something since he worked with both Nat King Cole and Frank Sinatra. But it was quite an honor to to be called on a Julia Lee record date because they were such fun. Listen, babe, what you done to me? You're the only one that I wanna see. You got to give me what you got. You got to give me what you got. Got to give me what you got. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Today, over two decades after first discovering his grandmother's music, the initial shock has worn off for Julian Duncan. He keeps Julia Lee's albums propped up on her piano at his house in Detroit. And when people come over, he tells them about her. I like, that's my grand. That's who I was named after, right there. In a place like Kansas City, it's no wonder Julia Lee's legacy has been overshadowed. I mean, she sang about how iconic the jazz was here. But she was a trailblazer for black female musicians and made a name for herself on her own terms. Cause I've been to Kansas City, that's the blues I gotta lose. Hear more about Julia Lee on the new episode of the podcast A People's History of Kansas City. Just go to kcur.org slash people's history or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Along one of Kansas City's most storied avenues, a new mission is taking shape inside the 140-year-old stone structures near 21st and Vine. That's where one chef is working to create a new food-based solution to urban hunger and unemployment. KCUR's Luke Martin takes us there. Chef Shanita McAfee Bryant has a direct connection to the legacy at Kansas City's 18th and Vine District. Her dad, Mark McAfee, used to own a janitorial business in the area. This is a place that growing up, going to work there, I used to drive by this all of the time. She's 41 now, and if she has her way, she too will have an important role to play here. Uh, but I think end, end of next week, all the steel will be done, and then we'll be good. All that's left of the main floor right now is a grid of old metal beams and the posts holding them up, about 15 feet in the air. Tucked in the northeast corner of the building is where McAfee Bryant will open her training kitchen. Grocer market over there, baking in the window. So. I know, it looks small when you're up top, but then when you get underneath it, you're like, wait, this is massive. Her vision emerged after years in food service and hospitality. McAfee Bryant also competed on Johnson County Community College's culinary team. In 2014, she was on the Food Network TV show Cutthroat Kitchen, hosted by Chef Alton Brown. I have $100,000 of cold, hard cash in this case. In a peculiar twist of the show, McAfee Bryant had to hold an exotic fruit in her dominant hand for much of the competition. Still, she beat three other chefs and won almost $20,000. I feel like I got a steal. I'm like, okay, well, thanks, guys. But being black and a woman in the food industry isn't easy, McAfee Bryant says. She's dealt with racism and sexism and toxic work environments. At a certain point, she looked around for role models and realized, Okay, if I'm going to get to where I want to be in my career, then I'm going to have to chart my own path. Then, in 2018, her dad died, and McAfee Bryant found herself questioning her career. On some work trips to Seattle, she learned about a type of nonprofit kitchen that was changing lives. 
Justin Smith is interim executive director of Catalyst Kitchens. A network of 80 nonprofits and social enterprise teaching kitchens helping train people who might have barriers to employment. These nonprofits don't just teach people how to julienne vegetables or plan a menu. Smith says they also focus on life skills like resume writing and how to conduct yourself in a professional environment. Some help trainees find housing and mental health resources. Trainees include homeless people, people coming out of prison, people with disabilities, and immigrants and refugees. We have members that make lines of dog treats and jams and pickles and truffles and nut butters and and all sorts of things. For McAfee Bryant, the idea just clicked. A way to change culinary culture while simultaneously strengthening the fabric of her community. So while the construction crews at work McAfee Bryant plans programs and menus for The Prospect KC, a restaurant that will be just over the bridge from where her dad's old place was. I really remember what it was like watching them build the business and watching, you know, all of the hard work that he put into making that grow. And I I have to say that that's where my work ethic and my drive comes from, for sure. With a bit more funding, McAfee Bryant says she'll be able to provide free job training, coaching, and social services for about 25 people at a time. She'll start recruiting trainees in August and open to the public this fall. I think that once the steel goes in, like that'll really make it real, and I could probably stop saying allegedly we're opening <laughs> and feel really confident about that date. While she bides her time, McAfee Bryant will host a gumbo festival on July 24th, which she hopes will become an annual event. As new buildings go up on both sides of Vine Street and old ones come back to life, she's looking for an excuse to get everyone around here in the same pot. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin and Byron Love and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Luke's story about Chef Shanita Bryant, visit kcur.org, where you can find more stories about black Kansas Cityans making a difference in their communities. Tomorrow, we'll have a preview of the Missouri U.S. Senate race as the August primary approaches. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.